0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Natalie Weiss Woman Podcast, where I discuss different topics related to becoming your highest potential. Enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Natalie Weiss Woman podcast. If you hear some kind of sound, I have my beautiful dogs here. They might be jumping up and down on the couch or going to bed. In this episode, I am going to talk about my Peru trip that I did in October 2022. It's about time to discuss that journey. It was a very interesting trip and I want to elaborate on some of the main themes that came up in ceremony, came up during the trip and kind of how I have integrated some of the lessons. So first of all, I was in Costa Rica in February last year about a year ago and had my first Ayahuasca experience um it really felt like a calling something that i had had been called to do for a long time and afterwards i knew that this is not something um that will end there but this is kind of start of a journey so already at that retreat i had a feeling that i was going to go to peru because they talked about that Soltara is opening a center in peru and i was like Yes, that's where I'm going to go. And after that, I kind of had a little bit of an obsession obsession with Peru um, and started to realize how much I wanted to go there. And there was something special about this country. Uh, The spring went on and I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to go in September or October. That's going to be the time uh, to go into the ceremony space again and go deeper into the healing work that i had started with uh mother ayahuasca so and quite interesting story that i could tell you from the summer so in the summer during the summer i was at this uh, natural high healing festival in finland where um, it's a totally like um sober festival where people they have different workshops where you know you can do whatever you want like if you like to dance you can go dance classes if you like yoga you can do that if you like uh, lectures about astrology or shamanism and something you can go that like there's something for everyone who's who's into these kind of spiritual things so that was a very fun uh festival and uh one of the days at the festival in the morning i I was kind of contemplating the idea of going to Peru and I was like, maybe I should go somewhere else. And I was like, well, my friend was going to Egypt and I was like, well, I like Egypt. I've been there many times and maybe I should go with, uh, go on that trip or maybe I should go somewhere else. I'm like, is Peru really the right place to go to? And, um, well, I just tried something out and I was like, if I'm supposed to go to Peru, I will get a sign for that today. Okay, forgot about the whole thing and went on to the workshops and lectures and stuff. And it was a very windy day, so um, we were supposed to be in this teepee tent. We we, we actually went into a teepee tent, but it was very windy and one of the big uh, tents, which looked like a circus tent, had uh, started um, to collapse because the wind was so strong. So they were really concerned. It could have gone really bad. No one got injured, but yeah, it could have been, it was very serious. So they came in before the lecture started uh, and told us that we cannot be in the TP tent. We have to go somewhere else. And we had to wait for like half an hour to figure out where, where we could have this lecture because there were, the, the, the tents could not be used because they were dangerous. It was so windy, you know, they didn't want anyone to get hurt. Uh, so we waited and then they were like, well you can go into the Crystal Palace, which was basically an old house. Um, uh, this was in Finland the festival. It was like an old uh, Finnish house that had been very nicely done painted and, and uh, inside the house there there was a big room with a lot of crystals and organized and they were like okay we're gonna we're gonna have the lectures here And I, I went to sit in the front. Uh, because I really liked the lecture and I was like, I want to sit here and kind of be very present in this this lecture space. And uh, in front of me was a big um, kind of decorated area with organized pyramids and crystals and different things. And I sit down and I look basically down like a meter in front of me. And there I see this kind of, this is a Shipibo canvas. So they have embroidered and this is basically what the Shipibos are singing the Ikaros in ceremony. So this is their notes. Uh, They sing different songs depending on, on this kind of what it looks like. So in front of me was that kind of cloth and I was like, well, there's my sign. Should I go to Peru and work with the Shipibos? Well, I'm pretty sure I should. So after that, I was like, okay, I got the point. And I was like, okay, September or October, probably October. Um, And I booked my trip. I went there and it was very lovely because I actually had some people that had been on the uh, retreat in Costa Rica. They uh, were at the retreat before me and I got to uh, just have a quick chat with them. And one of the people that was with my retreat was actually working there. And um, yeah, it was nice to connect with, with people that I knew already from before. Peru was very different to Costa Rica. It was more... It was the jungle not the beach it was more kind of basic down to earth not so kind of uh, fancy and bougie and all that it was just very very basic there was no uh, the electricity came from solar panels and uh you know just what you can expect to have in the jungle and i absolutely loved it like that was that felt like home to me Uh, in Peru in general when I I landed there I was just like this no place in the world has felt as much as home as Peru did one interesting thing uh, many people might think that it's very dangerous in Peru and it might be Uh, and actually my grandma uh, texted me during the trip that it's very dangerous and I should not go there and she has me reading some stuff and I should be very careful and all that, but actually I have not felt that safe in, you know, in many places, uh, considering that I am a blonde, tall woman. And usually when I travel, even in like Spain or something like people stare at me a lot. And for example, when I lived in Austria, like people used to stare at me a lot. Um, apparently blonde people are not that common there or something. And if I then go to, like, an Arabic country, then people just keep yelling at you and yelling at me. And (sighs) yeah, so definitely not feeling unrecognized in those countries. But when I was in Peru, I could be at an airport with, like, an airport filled with Peruvian people or, you know, just mostly Peruvian people or somewhere in the country where you could see that there were local people they were shorter than me, they had brown hair, dark hair and I was like the tall blonde woman and no one would even look at me like they wouldn't even have a look at me stare at me, nothing and I was like, it feels so safe because I kind of feel like I am invisible and it was nice, I was just like, no one's bothering me, no one is yelling stuff at me like, oh, beautiful woman or something. It's just like everyone's uh, just minding their own business. And yeah, I really like that. I felt safe and I understand that obviously you can't just like go with that attitude anywhere in the country. But where I went and what I did there felt very safe and just like, I don't know, I, I like the energy and the vibe. So I went basically straight to Tarapoto where which is in the jungle where the retreat was so I did my 7-day re- uh, retreat with Saltara Healing Center again and uh, it was a beautiful experience it was very different from Costa Rica for many reasons obviously I was different because I had done uh, I had changed a lot improved a lot um and a lot had changed in my life um, during that in-between period and uh, when i came there i didn't really know what my intention was because i it had been coming up in in some meditations and some some uh, work sessions actually mother ayahuasca just appeared and kind of asked me to come to peru and it came up like repeatedly and repeatedly. And that's why I kind of, in the summer I asked, you know, when I have a sign and this came, um, uh, I was there kind of just curious to see why I was guided to come there. And then the first day when we were supposed to say our intentions, I actually, or the first ceremony, I was like, what's my intention for this? And I just suddenly felt like to remember who I am. Like that's really, it had been something that I had been contemplated for a couple of months. And it was something, there was a powerful song, uh, Remember, that I had been listening to a lot. Which is um, things that remember who you are. And it's something that I had been playing a lot since I moved. Um, and it just came very naturally that that was... Um, that was part of my intention for that retreat and obviously it already started in Costa Rica where i kind of had the major theme was to be unapologetically me and not kind of just find my uh, authenticity and not try to please everyone and and just be someone who i'm not just so that others will approve and that was really uh, me breaking out of that and like it felt like i came out of a spiritual closet it's not that i hadn't been spiritual i had been deeply spiritual all my life like my childhood a lot of the time was spent uh with uh, with the church and with the kind of different uh, activities around that and even though at some point i i I didn't feel like I resonated with the dogma that was involved with those uh, institutions and places. Uh, I still had a very natural, deep uh, connection to something higher. But at some point, I also, I, I was kind of hiding it a lot and it wasn't something that I was talking about. Um, so it kind of felt like I came out of the spiritual closet and I was like, well i don't need to and i had been of course developing like doing healing and developing some you know my intuition and different spiritual gifts already before the retreat but um that was really a catalyst for for some of the greater gifts that i i have in the spiritual kind of world so um This was then about remembering more of who I am, you know, why did I come here? What's my purpose? You know, I already kind of had an insight of what my purpose is, but what's it, you know, who am I really as a person without all the conditioning that has been going on all my life without, uh, trying to please other people without, you know, uh, abandoning myself. So who am I? And. And. I got some good uh, views on that um, and uh, actually one interesting story um, was that during a a wellness fair in Finland in May last year there was a Finnish woman came up to me and we had this after the, uh, the fair ended we had this kind of uh, circle where we were dancing and we were kind of doing some different different exercises and uh, she came up to me because we were supposed to hug, it. everyone hugged each other and she came to me and she was like, she was an older woman, she was like, nice to meet you in this lifetime. I was like, okay. And she was like, we used to be sisters in the Incan Empire. I was like, okay. I didn't know much about past lives at that point, And I was I like, okay, makes sense. Could, could be true. Makes sense. You know, why would she tell me this? But I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this information? Anyway, then go back, go forward half a year. I'm in ceremony, the third ceremony at the retreat. Uh, I set my intention, remember who I am. And uh, so the maestro and the maestro who are doing the healing work uh, like I said, they have different Icaros, these are in the notes, that they sing, so they do a personal icaro. Uh The maestro does one to you and the maestro, so you get one from the male, one from the female, shaman or a healer. Uh, and uh, they can be very different, so you you notice when they switch persons, or when they go to the next person, because the song changes, and for someone it can be a very sad song, for someone it can be a happy song. Then the third ceremony, when I had the intention to remember who I am, the maestra, the female, uh, came to me and the whole Ikaro, she was singing Inka, 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 That was like the whole Ikaro. Um, and after that I was like, whoa, that's crazy considering what happened to me at the fair. And then I was going to Cusco after that. So I was like, okay, this is just very... Like feeling like home in Peru. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying... I'm just presenting to you my experience. I'm not saying all of this is true and that I, I was in the Incan Empire. I have no idea, really. It just is a lot of synchronicities. And it's strange. But my life seems to have become more strange as I open up and um, not resist to whatever is happening and also become more aware of these synchronicities. Anyway, I talked to one of the people that had been working with the Shipibo for a long time. And he said that income might actually mean something in Shipibo. So I'm going to have to check with that later, if it actually means something totally different, but I mean, It's still what it meant to me in the moment. But that was just kind of mind-blowing. Anyway, the big theme of my ceremonies of that trip was really the balancing of feminine and masculine energies. And I kind of realized that I have been a lot in my masculine energy. I have been pushing myself most of my life. And... I had a really good integration in Cusco where I got to really kind of contemplate on these things that had been coming up and what it really meant, and it has been coming up later even, what really it means to balance those for me. And I, I kind of realized that, well, my parents didn't really push me into you have to go to school and be successful. You have to go to university. You have to do a PhD. No, they didn't do that. They were very, very laid back and kind of just like, well, if you pass the exam, that's enough and never any pressure. But I have been pushing myself most of my life to succeed. I have been very eager and eager in school. I, I loved school and I still do. Uh, but I feel like maybe there has also been an energetic pressure. That's what I saw kind of that. I am the first born child of to, of my both parents. So they have children from before, but I'm the first child they had together. And I my qualities resemble very strongly the qualities of my father. Uh, and you know, he has a certain position and a certain kind of success. Um, in the city, in the family, you know, and I think there has been an energetic just kind of expectation of that I would step into, I would be, you know, walking his path, because obviously, if I have a lot of similar qualities, that would be what people start expecting. And there is a certain kind of energy. And then I start pushing myself. I start putting putting pressure on myself to develop these skills that are valued, which are usually very masculine skills, like, you know, logic, mathematical skills. And, And these were the things. And they were praised in school as well. Like, you're good at this. So, you know, we don't appreciate in... Western society as much that you're a nurturing person, that you're someone who likes to cook food and, you know, talk about emotions and all that kind of feminine energy, be spiritual, that's not valued. So then if you have skills on both of the sides and society and your parents and your family and everyone around you, appreciates the masculine qualities then obviously that's what you're gonna that's the path that you would naturally take and I'm not saying any of that is wrong like I'm very happy I went into finance I'm happy I you know I pushed myself and all that but it's just that was not working for me and has not been working for me that path that's also why I did a very big career change because I had an awakening in some sense, where I I well, I also got burned out, but I did recover from that and I kind of just like pushed again. But I had some kind of awakening where I was like, I'm not going to be happy doing what I'm doing, and you know, money's not everything, and also I do believe you can make money doing anything it doesn't matter what it is you can become successful you can create abundance doing anything as long as you really love it I mean you can do you can create abundance also doing something you don't love but I don't think that's a sustainable way to live and to have a fulfilled life but I mean you could be I mean anything you can have a there is always someone that is successful in every kind of field. If you do it right. If you do it from the heart. If you... You know, it's just possible. So I never think that you have to do... You have to be a banker to be successful. or I mean, What's the measure of success anyway? Um, it's about how what you feel inside. So... For me, it was very natural. It wasn't a quick process to do a career training. It hasn't been. But I've been retraining myself and I've been opening up my gifts. And I noticed that, wow, I'm actually a deeply, deeply spiritual and intuitive person. But I also have this other side, which is this logic side, uh, this science science side, masculine side. Uh, And I think it's good. It's good to have them combined. Because that's the point. We should balance the feminine and the masculine. But we should not forget. uh, Those other gifts. Those nurturing. Features. And. And also. To not push. All the time. Sometimes we need to pull. Sometimes we need to receive. That's the feminine. You are just. In the receptive mode. That is basically how. You know. Life is created. The female egg. Is just waiting. And the male pushes. Swims. The sperm swim to the egg. And they compete. That's very masculine. For. The egg. That is just chilling. And. In the receptive mode so that's basically something i want to develop more to not be pushing all the time to not always be you know actively doing something but sometimes just also just healing and relaxing And I'm yet to figure out all the ways in which this will manifest in my life. But I have noticed small changes where I am improving this skill. And I'm learning to also take a lot of time just not only developing my intellectual intellect. uh, But also my spiritual gifts. Also taking time to just be and heal and really becoming in tune with my body so back to the ceremonies they were very interesting in the sense that I had very strong physical cleansing I did have quite strong in Costa Rica as well but this was even more and I don't know about other people but I felt like I was running to the bathroom more than anyone else. I mean, I wasn't counting how many times people went to the bathroom, but it just felt like I was running all the time. Um, so that was a very big part of my experience, actually very physical cleansing. My, my gut improved a lot. I don't feel bloated anymore. Like, very rarely do I bloat. When I... Before that, I used to bloat a lot. Even eating just greens and fruit and just very healthy basic foods. Non-inflammatory foods. Just like, even being on a cleanse, which would be like, just very pure. I would have a very bloated stomach. And even though I had been following medical medium protocols for... I would say almost three years, I had been healing my acne. It had been improving, but it was going like kind of back and forth. I really, really healed my skin and it has not gone back since. So my gut and my skin really improved with a lot of physical cleansing. So ayahuasca is not something you go and do for fun usually. Uh, it is very hard. it is hard work. It is. it's rough and not everyone can even do it. Some people just throw in the towel. they're not ready for it. And uh, because who wants to you know throw up and cheat your pants and have all the rough things come up? um so yeah it was a very deep physical cleansing as well and actually on the second ceremony i had eaten eaten some turkey for lunch and i noticed afterwards like this is not digesting very well and we are fasting for seven hours before the ceremony just so you won't get so sick because you need to have an empty stomach for the medicine uh, and actually I noticed that during ceremony some of that turkey came up and that was the ceremony where I was like I just had a conversation in the ceremony with myself with my higher self with Mother Ayahuasca where it was like if you want to go deeper you don't have to drink more but you have to clean your temple so you should only eat fruit and that was kind of the direction the guidance i gave to myself only eat fruit for the rest of the time here and that's what i did i ate fruit for four or five days after that only two or three meals of fruit a plate of fruit it was perfect i went deeper and yeah it was just uh worth it and I had a lot of insights with my business, with my relationships. Um, And I was about to come home after the trip and going to move in with one of my best friends. uh, Two weeks after that, actually. And um, we're going to start a business with her and another friend um work on a retreat center and when i come out of the so i had had my phone off for a week during the retreat and the first day out of the retreat i call my friend and i start telling her about my experience and she just tells me to stop after like a couple of minutes and I can notice already that she's not interested I'm like this is weird she's my best friend she doesn't want to hear what I just experienced it was my um, you know life changing week for me and she's just telling me that she has found um, Jesus Christ during the week when I've been gone and she can basically no longer talk about any of these spiritual things She had kind of done an 180 turn to the other extreme, quite extreme Christianity. I have been involved with Christianity for a long time. And like I said, I don't enjoy the dogma. And I don't like the extreme stuff ever. I like non-judgment, unconditional love, and acceptance of that we all have our own path. And I did accept that she has her own path. Um... And that's what she needs to follow. But of course, it was sad. It was a bit traumatizing. And I've had to recover from that. That all of our plans were kind of blown in the air. And it, a year where I had had to separate from the love of my life. My husband. And then had to just in one day separate from my best friend who I was going to move in with um, and do business together with, have beautiful projects with together. Now I understand fully that this is exactly how it was supposed to be. I am on a deeply spiritual journey and I need to spend this time by myself and not distract myself with with too much uh, of other people and just that's that's for now and I, I totally accept and understand what happened but it of course it uh, still it takes a long time for the mind to catch up with all the changes if I have to be honest and I have moments where I freak out because things are happening so rapidly, the development. But I feel that it's happening in a speed that I can handle. I'm pushing it a bit. I'm on the edge of kind of... Um, on a good edge where it's like I, I'm improving a lot and I'm really... I feel more at peace I feel happier. I feel very aligned. But there are of course moments where... I might be like, no, just want everything to go back as it was. Just go back to my year, two years ago. Uh, even though that would be less aligned, that would be less happy, like less peaceful. But it's safe for the ego. Uh, but I'm not here to live a safe ego life. Uh, I'm here to live an authentic life live up to my highest potential and my purpose and that's what i'm trying to do and i know that this journey is very long and there is no need to hurry but i'm following my guidance and trusting that this is the pace that i'm going and it's it's the right pace for me It was a beautiful experience to be in Peru, and I'm definitely going to go back. Um, I also understood because I felt like... I felt for most of my life that I was born in the wrong country, and I went to Peru. I kind of felt like Peru is the country that I should have been born in. And in one ceremony I realized I'm not, I wasn't born in Peru for a reason. And the reason is that I'm supposed to be the bridge to the Western world, to Finland, to Europe, for this medicine, for this culture, for this feminine maternal healing that is South America. And I am the bridge and I hope to be able to make that something powerful to be the medicine to have people see and feel the change and also get hope that they can live their highest potential they don't have to drink medicine you don't have to drink medicine you shouldn't drink medicine if um you're not called to do it And if you are and you have questions, please contact me. Um, But yeah, it's a beautiful experience that I had and I'm really grateful. And I'm grateful for every day that I get to live up to my highest potential and see how bit by bit the world is changing just by me changing myself and remembering who I am and finding wholeness within myself. Thank you for listening to this episode. Have a beautiful day.